of the companion cast I almost called us a different podcast name <laughs> so that's a great start uh, my name's Ryan and I'm Morgan and this is a Doctor Who podcast we um, are watching through old Doctor Who episodes and uh, talking about them um, so this is the season one episode 31 strangers in space aka the sensorites one um, it originally aired June 20th, um, 1964. And uh, this is our first arc after the Aztecs. Mm-hmm. Um, it uh, starts back in the TARDIS. Yeah, and Barbara once again, well, Ian's like, maybe we're on top of something. And then Barbara obviously is like, or inside something. Yeah, because basically the doctor um, is saying that all the things say that it's stopped moving. Yeah, like all the instruments are like, okay, so it says we're stopped, but we still appear to be moving. Yeah, which obviously doesn't make sense. So they think maybe we've landed on something and Barbara says, or in something. Yeah. Um, and uh, they've shed all their... Uh, crap Aztec clothes and Ian's just like in a regular shirt. Fetch, fetch turtleneck. Yeah, like a turtleneck. Um, Barbara's in a like sundress and um, Susan is in like some sort of dress over a button up. Yeah. No. I don't really know what's happening. Her hair there. is full of secrets. But okay, so Barbara has her normal hair, which is rather large, and Ian's hair is like bigger this time. But Susan's hair. Susan picked up some volume in the Aztecs because it looks like they put seven wigs on her head. Like, like she cleared out the entire aisle of bumpets. It's like six, like six inches above her head almost, it is I feel like. wild because she's think... definitely shorter than Barbara by quite a space and like she is now taller than Barbara's hair because her hair is like a freaking beehive. It is incredible. <laughs> the hair is just extravagant. It's bad. It's real bad. So that's the first thing you need to know. Um, the second thing you need to know is that they, they sort of, um, they try to run the scanner, but all they get is static. Yes. And um, <laughs> they have an interesting exchange where they're just sort of like, you know, things do, like they sort of recap all the adventures they've been on. Yeah. Um, and, uh, well, they... And, like, during this whole thing, um, Barbara's like, we just get into danger all the time. Why do we even bother getting off the ship? And the doctor's like, shut up. (laughs) And he kind of pauses. He's like, uh, because I'm curious? He did reference, um, an adventure that we didn't get to see, though. Yes. Henry VIII. Yeah, they said that was before, it was after he and Susan got the TARDIS, but before they met Ian and Barbara. They like, had some sort of fight with Henry VIII, King of England, and, like, insulted him to get thrown back in the Tower of London because that's where the TARDIS was. (laughs) 
so that's cute. Um, and they do have an interesting little sort of sweet, um, like, after-school special moment where they're like, you've changed, Doctor. You're not an asshole anymore. And he's like, I think we've all changed. And Susan's like, even me? And they're like, no, but yes, Susan, you have changed too. Changed for the I worse. I say, I think you've gotten dumber. You've maybe if gotten possible, dumber. possible, you've become slightly more annoying. Um, so that's cute, and, uh, they're basically just like, well, we checked everything, you know. I guess we have no choice but to leave the, the TARDIS. All the beeps and whistles are fine, we can't see what it is, but the we're gonna and try to. The, the beeps, the sweeps, and the creeps. The radar's been jammed, and they can't get out of the TARDIS, uh, or they can't see the, out of the TARDIS. Uh, yeah. So they're like, screw it, we'll just go outside. I guess we're gonna have to go outside It and seems like there's oxygen, so we're good. Uh, and they walk out onto what they immediately, the doctor says, is the deck of a spaceship. Yes. Um, and there are two people in chairs that look like they are passed out. And the doctor says, there's been some kind of catastrophe here. Um, the guy, the people are a guy who looks like he's in his, uh, like early forties, probably uh, late thirties. Maybe. Yeah. Thirties. I would guess. 30s. Um, with dark hair and a spacesuit, and then there is a woman in a matching spacesuit. And a big they old bun on the back of her head. Yeah, she's blonde with huge hair, just like Susan, and uh, they say she's probably only a couple years older than Susan, so maybe 19, 20. Because Susan's supposed to be like 17 ish. Yeah. So um, she's, so probably she's probably in her early late 20s. teens, early 20s, something to that effect. Um, and uh, they take both their pulses and their. Bum, bum, bum. Dead. So dead. <laughs> and they're like, well, this sucks. Let's. And Barbara says, Doctor, let's go back to the TARDIS. And he's like, don't be absurd. And they like walk around for a couple seconds. He's like, we got to get back to the TARDIS. I know. Well, and then Barbara and Susan both equally sit there and they're like, I sense that something is wrong. Yeah, both Barbara and Susan are like, something feels awful here. We should go. And yeah. everyone else is like, Ian and the Doctor are like, hey, you're just idiots. Yeah. Um, they just, like, completely um, brush it off. And uh, they're investigating the bodies, and um, the guy has a watch on that, like, is one of those watches that winds itself when you move. Yeah. And um, they say it lasts, the battery lasts for 24 hours, so if you don't move it for 24 hours, then it dies. And his watch is dead. So he has to have been... Still for... Still for 24 hours, but their bodies are still warm. Yeah, they're like, so he's been dead at least 24 hours, and then Ian's like, they're still... Or is it Susan? I think it's Susan. She's so like, but they're, st like, they're still warm. And he's which like, okay. really doesn't make sense. And so they start sort of like, okay, well, we'll go they're to like, the TARDIS. Okay, so I think we're well, good here. something crazy is going on. Because um, they have no wounds get back to the TARDIS. They have no wounds, and Ian's like what is this? Did they suffocate? And the doctor's like, I don't like to jump to conclusions, but yes, I think they did. <laughs> and, uh... Finally, the doctor is like, maybe something fishy is going oh, here. Let's get back to the target. What's really, uh... Yeah. So, I was getting a little ahead of myself, sorry. Um, so they start making like they're going to, and then the bum, bum, bum! The dead guy starts moving. He sure does. And talking. Yeah. Which is the thing that dead people often don't do. Yeah. Not not very often. <laughs> it's pretty rare. <laughs> um, and he asked them to go get something off the shelf. 
It's like this weird little like square. It's like item. a metal sort of Box. square cube with a raised circle on it. You don't really get a good look at it. No. Um, and they hand it to him, and he like puts it to his chest and wakes up more. And then he's like, "Go put it on uh, my companion." And Barbara's like, "Yo, she's dead. She's real dead, though." And <laughs> he's, he's like, like no, "No, she's just, not. Just do it." Yeah, just like trust me. Trust and uh, me they use it, and she pops up, and uh, they do not seem shocked at all that the doctor and the companions are there. I know they're just like, "Oh hi." They're like, "Oh hey, thank you for getting those. It's really annoying to resurrect ourselves." Like, <laughs> like they are not shocked or phased, and. Uh, they're talking about, like, you know, oh, well, where do you guys come from? And they're like, oh, we're from London. And the girl gives the guy a look, and she's like, mm. And he's like, oh, so when are you from? Yeah, like, what century are you guys from? Because London's Barbara, not been called London for, like... Yeah, because Barbara says, oh, we're from the 20th century. And he's like, ah, well, we're from the 28th century, and the entire south of London is now one... Or the entire south of England is now one large city. And it hasn't been called London for 800 years. Pretty much, yeah. Like, oh. <laughs> okay, great. Dope. Awesome. So it's like they obviously understand time travel. Yeah. Which is interesting. They were not surprised at all. They were just no. like, oh, what century are you from? Are you from the 21st? And they're like, no, actually the 20th. And they're like, oh, weird. <laughs> cool. Yeah, they do not They're just a shit. super chill about it. Yeah. So it's like, well, obviously, the Time Lords are not the only people. You don't know that the Doctor's a Time Lord, but the Doctor's called a Time Lord. <laughs> um, obviously, the Time Lords are um, not the only people that get time travel. Apparently. Because clearly this is a commonplace thing for 28th century, or 29th century um, Earth. Yeah. Whatever. Yes. Whatever. Because they are not even remotely phased. No, they're just like, they're oh, just that's like, nice. Oh, cool. Awesome. Chill. Cool. Um, and then they're like, oh, well, you know, thanks for waking us up and all, but you might want to leave. And he, uh, Ian's like, well, what happened here? And the doctor's like, no, I don't like to meddle in other people's business, Ian. I think we should go. But I'm curious as to what happened here. And Ian just laughs. <laughs> I like to mind my own business, says the doctor. As I ask you questions about your business. Well, and like... The entire premise of the show is that the doctor doesn't know how to mind his own goddamn At all. <laughs> At all. He's like, 99% of the time, he's the reason they get into deep shit. Yeah, he's like so far out of his own lane, he's paving new road most of the time. Like, <laughs> he, he does not know how to keep to himself. And uh, that was pretty hilarious. Um, so... They're having their little um, conversation about, like, what is actually happening, why are they here, and... So we learn that there's a planet, it's the Sensosphere, right? The Sensosphere, yeah. Yeah, the Sensosphere is the planet, and it's populated by beings called the Sensorites, and that the Sensorites are the people to blame for why they were in their deep sleep. Yeah, and basically, um, John and... John is the man. Which we haven't like learned about pilot. yet. We haven't, but I'm just going to start. I'm tired of calling a man and girl, so... Oh, call by um, their names. Yeah, John is the pilot, um, and he is the dude that woke up first, and then Carol No, no, is no the that's girl. not John. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm his like, name is Maitland. Ma Maitland, yes. Uh, we have not met John Maitland. yet. No, I effed up. <laughs> um, so, Maitland is the pilot, 
And um, then there is Carol, who seems to be some sort of, like, instrument specialist slash navigator. Yeah. Based on, like they that. don't really say, but, like, based on what they do, that's what it seems like. Yeah. Because she's giving lots of instrument readings and headings and stuff like that um, later in the episode. So I'm going to infer that she's sort of the navigator of the ship. Um, and so John explains that, like, this... Maitland. S- Maitland. Why do I keep doing that? <laughs> Maitland keeps explaining, uh, he explains that the sensorites, um, are keeping them there, and, like... They, like, won't let them leave that part of their, of space. Yeah, like, every time they try to leave, like, the orbit of the sensosphere, or the sector of space that the sensosphere is in, they just sort of, like, get knocked out by the sensorites and put in sleep that looks like death, and the sensorites, like, take care of them. Yeah, they bring them food and... Yeah, they, like, bring them food and make sure they're, like, good and whatever. Um, And while they're having this conversation... They're, like, hostile but not hostile. Right. It's, like, they obviously... Because Maitland says, you know, they obviously don't want to kill us. Because they would have already done that. Because they obviously could. But they won't let us leave. Um, And while they're having this conversation, there is a cutaway to a... To the TARDIS. Yeah. You see a hand of what you assume is a sensory. Yeah. It's like a gloved hand. Yeah. And it's literally like just the hand. Which, and like the locking mechanism, like the locking part. Yeah. That's all that's you see the of the TARDIS. And I would and say like, an interesting thing about Doctor Who is you start learning that like all aliens wear gloves. You know what I'm saying? Because they're not human. Right. Yeah, they and all have gloves. And you need to not know that it's so actually So anytime you see, like, the, the, like, visual language of the show, anytime you see a <laughs> hand reach from off screen, like, in a close-up wearing it's a an glove. Alien. Probably an alien. Um, or a murderer wearing a leather glove. One of the two. A little bit of both. A little but bit of like, column A, a little bit of column B. <laughs> it, like, the hand, like, tries to open the TARDIS. It, like, caresses the lock. But it doesn't really like. Well, but yank it feels it. for the door too, though. Yeah. Like he's trying to like see if it's like a I don't know. Yeah. Does something weird with the door, and then this weird tool. He pulls this weird tool out. Yeah, it looks like um, it's silver, and it has like a handle, like a Sailor Moon wand. <laughs> and then the top part is like a circle of metal with like wires, and it almost looks like those old nineteen like what thirties forties. Suspension mics that have the springs yes. that hold the sus- mic in suspension. Kind of look food. like that. It looks like that, but instead of a mic in the middle, it's just like a little sphere thing. Yeah, and then like they a silver sphere. Proceed to use this tool, and like it like boops back to the companions and everything, and um, Barbara and Susan and Susan are both like, oh, do, oh, do you smell that? And I Barbara, something burning. And like Barbara's like, yeah, it smells like something's burning. And they're like, oh, you too. And, and just, then like, they just keep kind up of, their like, ignore what they say and keep talking. And then it goes back to the TARDIS. And, and they're, like, melting the lock more yeah, and, and more and more. Yeah, and more and more. And you, like, see them, like, finally, like, slide the whole locking me- mechanism out. out of the door. And then Ian's like, you know what? I think I do smell something And burning. then Ian's like, My, I smell something burning, too. They're like, is something like, did did did, a did one of you make popcorn? They're, <laughs> they're like, did one of your instruments short? Like, do you have a short somewhere? And Malin's like, I, I don't think that that shouldn't like, be possible. That's not really possible. 
And then they're like, where is it coming from? How they don't think, hmm, maybe we should check the fucking TARDIS. I don't understand. The TARDIS is in the same room as them. (laughs) It's literally, like, less than ten feet away. So, like... And they're like, hmm, where is it coming from? They're like, I think it's coming from over here. And then they're like, uh, oh, God, no, the TARDIS. Then it, like, finally hits them. The doctor's like, oh, no. They run back over there, and they're like... The well, locking the mechanism lock, they, is gone. Well, she says, like, the keyhole's gone, but the lock is fine because it's permanently locked, the TARDIS. Yes. Because, like, the the lock is, like, some sort of weird alien thing where there's, like, 20 different lock holes inside and you have to insert the key correctly or you break it, um, which they covered in, like, I think Marco Polo. Yeah, they do. Um, like, there's... And so she says they've taken the, like, actual keyhole out, which means the TARDIS has permanently locked itself. So they are effed. <laughs> They're and permanently then, locked um, out of it. And all Ian, the... Ian's like, let's kill, he's like, let's break the door down. And the doctor's like, maybe we probably shouldn't do that. Well, because he's like, um, yeah, that isn't going to work because, like, there is a lot of complicated science stuff happening <laughs> that keeps the TARDIS from, like, inverting itself. And, um, if you try to bust down the door... That ain't gonna keep working. <laughs> so, like, like, okay, that's, that's a no on the not do that. Um, And then the lights start flashing, and the entire ship starts shaking. Yes. And um, they're like, the sensor rights are coming back quick. And uh, John, nope. Maitland, my God. We're not there yet, Ryan. Just Stop trying to jump ahead. Stupidest person on earth. <laughs> Maitland <laughs> is trying to control the ship, but, like, can't. Yeah, he, like, is wigging out. I don't know. Yeah, and so the doctor sort of pushes him out of the way and is like, give me these controls. And, um, sort of, like, wrestles the ship into, like, not being in a shaky, weird thing. But then yeah. they're like, oh, thanks, doctor. Now we're going to crash into the planet. I know, and then they're, like, on a collision course. They have this, like, window thing next to them when you can, like, yeah. see this, like, white sphere that is the sensosphere. Yeah. And they're like, oh, no, we're going to crash into the sensosphere. So apparently they're going to crash into the planet that's teeny tiny. Right, but it keeps getting bigger and bigger. It does eventually, yeah. And so... The uh, doctor saves their asses last minute. It yeah, gets bigger, 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 and then it's like, whoop, off to the Yeah, side. and it seems like he sort of does a thing that's, like, super common in space travel fiction where they're like, we're slingshotting around the planet. Or yeah. so, like, they dropped into orbit around the planet. Yeah. And um, didn't smear themselves on the surface. <laughs> and then poor Maitland has, like, an existential crisis because he's like, I couldn't do it myself. Yeah, so the doctor's like, hey man, I get that you're a wuss. <laughs> I think the sensorites are controlling you through fear. Yes. Um, we're still not sure why they're doing it, because like they're feeding you and keeping you alive and whatever. But, um, hey, remember when you casually mentioned um, that there was a third person and then cut yourselves off earlier? Yeah. Did he happen to meet a sensorite? And they're like, um... They're like, yes, the only... Well, because they ask if someone's seen him, and they're like, yes, our other person has. Yeah. His name's John. And they're like... Oh, well, we'd like we, to meet him. Can we talk to John? 
And they're like, no, that's not gonna, that's not gonna be and okay. And Caitlin's like, and I don't want to talk about it. And they're like, can you tell us what happened? No, no, don't want to talk about it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's not a thing we want to do. Um, so Barbara so... and Susan, well, they were like, Barbara and Susan during this whole conversation about like John and the sense rights and whatever were like, was it, were they fixing food? They were like trying to fix food and get water together. Yeah, so they were like fixing food, like these uh, it's weird. little food packet things. Yeah, and then they and then they ask um, Carol where the water is, and she's like, "Oh, just like down the way to the right." Yeah. And they're like, oh, "Okay," so they go try to find water, and there's clearly a thing on the wall that said "water," and they walk right past it, Boop. and are like, "Oh, I think it's through this door." And, like, they, they wave their hands in front's eye thing to get the yes. door open, and they um, sort of just walk out, and they're, like, digging in a broom closet out in the hallway, just like, what is the water in this broom closet? I don't know. That's so weird. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, it goes back to the door, and you see this other hand like wave. wave in front of the eye on the other side, and it, like, closes the door. Yeah. And uh, you see this dude shuffling down the hallway, looking super, super dazed and confused, and uh, sort of following after them. And then um, we're back in the bridge, and they're like, "Hey, wait, where the others go?" And then they all start losing. They're their like, mind. "Oh no, I don't know where they go." And they start frantically trying to open the main door, and, and it's they're like, locked. "Oh no, it's locked from the inside." Outside, but- from the other side is what they say. In, in well, something. Whatever. I mean, inside you know I mean. when both parts are inside. Shh, I don't know what you're talking about. Both sides of this door are inside <laughs> the spaceship. <laughs> this door leads to the cold vacuum of space. What are words? You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> this is our outside door. Um, <laughs> so then they're like frantically trying, and Carol's like, quick to the other door. <laughs> It's just like a U-shaped hallway that's got two doors. Yeah. But then they can't get to them from the other one. Like, well, like, they, they go out one door, and it goes down a little hall, and then, like, that hall has a door into the rest of the spaceship, which seems like a weird design decision. Um, and they didn't get it. They're like, that door's no, locked. he locked this one, too. So they're like, well, crap. And they're like, Ian, like, pushes him out of the way, and he's like, Susan Barbara, and starts beating <laughs> on the door, and they have to, like, restrain him. He's a little ridiculous. He gets super passionate and really upset when something happens to yeah. Susan and Barbara. and, like, they're like, you literally can't do anything, bro. Chill. <laughs> um... So then, um, Barbara and Susan... Yeah, then it uh, zoops back to Barbara and Susan. And John's there, and he's, like, advancing menacingly on them in this broom cupboard. And then, of course, Susan screams. I love that. And then, um... Which is just, like, standard. Is it an episode of Doctor Who if Susan doesn't scream? I don't think so. I don't think so. I think you have to have Susan scream. She has to at least make one little, like, pipsqueak scream. Yeah. So... They, they run around him and well, try to run like, away from him. Well, he, has this moment where he, like, clutches his head really hard and, like, almost falls over. And then they're like, we're just going to go. And, like, walk around him. And they're like, okay, bye. And they're like, they try to, like, run away from him. And they go to open the door. And they can't yeah, get it open. the one that they left the bridge through. And yeah. it's locked from both sides. Duh, that's how lock works. Yeah. And then they're, like, cowering by the door because John's starting to walk at them again. 
Um, and they actually like run into like a closet, closet with a filing cabinet, something like that, in it, and they like hide or a locker. A, they like, it almost kind of look like a locker, yeah, something like that, like a cabinet, like a metal cabinet. It was definitely sort. metal. That um, one, that one, I can and say. And they try accurate. to shut the door and move it, but it looks like Susan is pushing it the opposite direction that Barbara's trying to pull it. <laughs> So the cabinet doesn't go anywhere. That sounds about right for Doctor Who. Um, and then they see, like, John's hand reach around the door, and they, like, hide behind the cabinet really quick. And he just sort of, like, walks in. And right past him. Yeah, and, and like, then he, turns like, around and does the Doctor Who thing where, like, nobody looks at a specific part of the room that people are standing even in. Even though I'm like, how do you, like, you would see them out of the corner of your yeah, eye, okay? And absolutely. he, like, gets up real close to the camera and, like, Clutches his head again and then walks away in yeah. the opposite direction. Um, so then they are back in the control room. Yeah, it goes to Carol and Maitland talking. Yes. And she's like, we have to get back to John and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, no, we can't. And she's like, I know what you're trying to do. You're trying to protect me. And he's like, Carol, I know what John means to you. They was, they was screwed. They was gonna get married. Yeah, it turns out that Carol and John were going to get married when they landed back on Earth. Yes. Um, and so they're like, well, there has to be a way around, and we have to go get Barbara and Susan. So Maitland's like, okay, well, I'll go get tools, and we'll cut open the door and disable the lock. Pink Rimmel. Um, and they say, okay, so oh, wait, what's wrong with John? Some. Did we? No, wait. Nope. I talked you about the drip. I did, yeah. So <laughs> I was still on the track. <laughs> so they're like, so what's happened to John? And Carol yeah, because Ian's talking to Carol, yes. and she says that the sensorites have taken over his mind. And Ian's like, well, what does that mean? And she's like, well, he's definitely going to be afraid of strangers. And he could get violent. Yeah, and he might start being violent. So then um, we're back with Barbara and Susan. Yes. And, and like, like, John's approaching them, and they look terrified. That well, was they, when I noticed how big Susan's hair was, was yeah. that point Well, right they, there. they, like, walk out of the room like they're going to sneak past the file cabinet, and the John's, like, right there, and he, like, flips on the lights dramatically in the hallway, and they're like, oh, no! And, like, he backs them into a corner and is advancing. Yeah, but then, like, right when you think that he's going to, like, maybe attack them, he, like, collapses on the ground, clutching at his head. And then he just cries. And then and they're like, he's crying. <laughs> Are you crying? <laughs> Ask that little Latin boy in drag why he's crying. Little Latin boy in drag, are you crying? <laughs> um, and uh, then Barbara just gives him a nice cuddle right there on the well, floor. Well, he asks them if they're there to help him. Yeah. And they're like, oh, sure, we'll keep you safe. And then Barbara's just like clutch. cuddling him and petting his hair. Like, yeah, just, like she's like, we'll take... We'll take care of you. Like, they're just having a nice cuddle pile right on the ground. And then um, we're back in the bridge. And And then you see what tools it was that Maitland said he was going to get. And it's a space Dremel. (laughs) And it has, like... Tiny, dinky little fucking Dremel. Like, if you're not familiar with what a Dremel is, essentially they use drill bits to cut tiny little lines and things. Yeah. Um, and so he's using that on what is essentially a bank vault door. Yeah, it's, it's um, not made to uh, to cut through metal doors. Nope, sure is It's isn't. made to, like, cut patterns into things. Mostly, yeah. 
Um, and like, it's more of a hobby tool than it is like a yeah. tool tool. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like trying to cut this outer and he's layer like, off the door. We'll be through. Well, yeah, he's like trying to get into the door to get to the locking mechanism. And it looks like, you know, he's made good progress. And he's like, we'll be through soon. And then they zoom out. And he's done like. Nothing. A, like half inch little It's not like, a very line. big space. Like it's like maybe an inch, inch max. and a half max. And, and like, he's like, we'll be like through soon. It'll 12, be okay. This door's like 12 feet by 6 feet. It's like, like it's huge. Ian, and Ian's still like kind of freaking out. And he's like, no, it's okay. I'm almost done. It's like, okay. No, you're not. You are okay, Malin. <laughs> Whatever you say. Whatever you um, say. So they're like, you know, having their freak out and dremeling. And then they just hear this like. High pitched whining noise. Yeah. Just like an electrical whining noise. And, um. They're like, what in the absolute fuck is this? Yeah. And, um, John, nope. Maitland. Maitland and Carol are like, oh, that's the sound that, um, of the machines that carry the sensorites through space. And so they go over to, back to, like, the instruments, the, like, pilot seat and the navigation place. And Ian's like, why are you leaving the door? And they're like, yeah, we don't have time for that now. Yeah, and they're like, oh, by the way, we don't have time for that. We have to figure out. If the sensorites are coming, um, and, and so they're so, like, "Look for blue, look for blue lights, look for blue lights," and then you see these two little, little like, they're guessing blue. Yeah, but I don't know for white. sure. <laughs> they're white. They like appear in the window, and they're like, "Oh, they're miles and miles away." And the doctor's like, "Yeah, but they uh, did." fuck with my ship already so they must get here way faster than we would think they do because they've been here and left (laughs) um and so they're just sort of taking a lot of readings and acting like they're gonna try to defend themselves or evade or something and And they're like like, Maitland's like just remember he's like just remember don't he's like no violence unless they start something first and Ian's like why not (laughs) he's like why no violence why can't we defend ourselves Ian's like I just want to do hood rat shit with my friends (laughs) and Ian wants to like beat the absolute crap out of these censors it just makes me funny or makes me funny makes me laugh (laughs) because um during that whole like scene where he's like why no violence like it's almost absolutely silent. Like, the whining has stopped, too. And then Maitland's still like, shh, shh, shh. Well, there's this weird part where, like... They're like, did you hear that? And I'm like, I didn't hear anything in the whining. Well, like, stopped. okay, so there's a thing, like, the whining's happening, and then it stops. And yeah. they're like, what's that sound? And they're like, it's the sound right before they, like, get here. And then the whining starts again, and then it goes silent, and they're like, shh, shh did you hear that? And it's like, no, no one heard anything. <laughs> There's not anything to hear. The sounds that we were hearing stopped. I'm exactly. confused. And then, like, because the doctor and Maitland are sitting at, like, the pilot's console, and Ian's standing next to him, and he, like, walks around behind them and kind of, like, walks towards the window, and all of a sudden you see his eyes get wide, and he goes, doctor, doctor, and then it shows the window, <laughs> And I'm just like, what the fuck? This, like, weird, creepy-ass... Goblin. (laughs) Goblin is the best way to describe it. Just, like, slowly comes up from the bottom of the window into view. Imagine, like, a teardrop-shaped face. Yeah. Um, sort of three-dimensional, where the wide part is attached to the neck. Yeah. 
and then the pointy bit is down where the mouth is and it has like what looks like little tentacles or something for a mouth I don't it was really hard to tell they're like jagged points but it was like their mouth. face was really mushed towards yeah. the base of the face yeah like real like instead of having like it was almost like their face is like where like nose and down would be on a normal person yeah and exceptionally pointy yeah and like weird ears and it's just like on the window of the ship like hello <laughs> it's then, like that episode of the twilight zone where the guy imagines that there's like a fucking demon on the wing of the plane pressing up against the glass that is the exact scene but with <laughs> ian on a spaceship and a goblin yeah and um yeah that about wrapped it up it was just sort of like well next episode the unwilling warriors um so that pretty much ended it um yes. how creepy did you find the sensorites that was not what i was expecting yeah and my note for when i saw them literally is wtf yeah question mark exclamation point <laughs> so like um like what the fuck is that I don't know. I have lots of questions, but they're swimming in my mind. <laughs> the sensorites have messed my brain up. Um, are they controlling your mind? They are. They're controlling it with fear. <laughs> um, so, how do you feel about this whole, like, these crew people are obviously full of fear and whatever, and it's controlling them, but then, like, the doctor and his companions are completely unaffected, and they have no idea why they aren't? Yeah, it, it, I think it's kind of weird that you have these crew members who have been dealing with the sensorites forever. You think, like, they've been there for a while. Yeah. You would think they would have gotten maybe used to it at some point. But, yeah. like, jo the doctor and his companions are just, like, completely unfazed, and these people are, like, almost controlled. And I'm also, like... It it's strange because it's, like... And the sensorites have obviously been there because they removed the locks, so, like what is it about specific circumstances where they're like, like what, why do they choose not? to interfere and when they choose not to interfere and and also why are the people there in the first place like they haven't asked or covered the fact that like these people are obviously from earth and they're clearly outside of our solar system yeah um because there's no sensosphere anywhere in our solar system that i'm aware of uh, yeah that, that i that we know of um and so like probably they're outside of our solar system so it's sort of like why the heck were they there in the first place um which is an interesting quandary and also how does the doctor manage to find human-like creatures anywhere he goes that's a great question every alien they have ever met Mostly the good ones are uh, basically humans. And all the evil ones uh, don't look like humans at all a lot of times. Yeah, but they're always humanoid. Well, the Daleks. That's been the only thing we've ever met that wasn't humanoid. Yep, so far. Pretty much. Still don't want to know what the fuck those things look like. Not good. <laughs> the Daleks do not look good. And believe me, they are not gone. <laughs> I know, unfortunately. So, um... I think that wraps it up. This is kind of introducing a new um, story. So I feel like when we do the first um, episode in any specific arc, um, 
There's not a whole lot to wrap up at the end. There's not, because there's not a lot to talk about, and I have no idea what's going to fucking happen. So. Right, and I think the thing with Doctor Who is you learn pretty quick that it can go any direction. Yeah, like, you can have, like, guesses, and, like, 90% of the time you're probably wrong. Yeah, well, because it's just, like, insane. It's it's all just wild and insane, and it's like, well, there's you no You just action. know that it'll never be good. Right. It's never going to be good until episode end. Like, whatever the last episode is... You then know it'll be like happen. wrap up perfect cookie cutter ending. Right. Other than that, it always goes from bad to worse. So that's a thing. And um, yeah, I think that about wraps up my thoughts. Do you have any other thoughts on this, the first episode of the Sensorites? No, just kind of curious to see what we're gonna learn about the Sensorites. In the future episodes, we do have five more to go. There are six yes, total. There are six in this one, and then we have six in the French Revolution. And then we're done with and season one. That's it. That's a wrap on season one. Yeah. Exciting. Um, the end of the yeah. season. It truly is. Of this season. Of this season. <laughs> and then there are like 25 seasons more. The next, what, five seasons? Five Still or six seasons are like 42 episodes a season. Um, yeah. Well, <laughs> life. Why did we decide to do this again? I mean... Anyway. <laughs> so, yeah, I'll be interested to learn what the fuck is going on with the sense rights. And if they're really bad... Or not. Or not. And, like, maybe we'll get an explanation from the actual sense rights about what the fuck is going on. Yeah, that would be interesting. So, um, we'll see. It'll be cur- It'll be... I'm curious to see what will happen. Yeah. Um, fair. Yeah. <laughs> I initially had a thought, but it was fleeting. Um, like most of my thoughts. Um, so I guess that's it, um, for this week's episode. Uh, go ahead and tune back in next week if you want to know what happens to the crew in episode 32, The Unwilling Warriors, aka Sensorites number two. Um, we are on Twitter at CompanionCast, all one word, uh, capital C's. Um, you can also reach us by email uh, at TheCompanionCast, all one word, all lowercase, at gmail.com. You can also subscribe to this podcast, which would be really dope of you to do, on uh, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, and uh, SoundCloud. Um, you can also leave comments and reviews on um, SoundCloud, Google Play, and iTunes, which would be super, super helpful for us um, because iTunes has an algorithm that if you don't feed it ratings, doesn't give your podcast any uh, cookies. So uh, yeah. if you could continue to do that, that would be super, that super cool. That would be cool. amazing. And follow us on Twitter and interact with us. That would be great. Send us things. Send I us would pictures love that. of your cats. Totally okay we'll with that. We'll send you back pictures of Susan screaming. It'll be fun, and we'll be best friends, and um, we'll all just uh, get along like when we were in middle school. <laughs> anyway, um, shaky Mean Girls references aside, uh, this has been the Companion Cast. I'm Morgan. And I'm Ryan. And uh, thanks for listening. And tune back in. Yeah, see you next week. Bye!